on. Dude, thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. Appreciate it. I'm sorry it took so long, brother. Uh, (laughs) Actually, we met uh, at at the first Harley Davidson ever, um, what do you call it? Uh, The uh, track day. Track day. That was the announcement for the BLR, too. That they were going to launch the BLR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? That's so fucking exciting. <laughs> That's fun, man. It's fun. It was fun being there, man. It was fun ripping the track with you guys. I know you smoked me a couple of times, but I mean, I was, I was a novice. I was just having fun. No, no. So, so was I. I, I, I mean, it, it was, it was. I think all of us were, were just like, oh, oh my god, this is what this to raise. This way to raise. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm just kind of. I have so many different options that I want to kind of follow right now. So I got to taste the one, taste the other, taste the other one, and then see which one I want to like. Yeah, absolutely. That was another thing that I'm contemplating on. I'm, I'm actually contemplating on maybe next year joining uh, the, the race, you know, the yeah. racing league. Wow. I, I almost wanted to do it this year, but it's just with the move and the changes. I, I really had a great fucking time. I originally went out there. Um, and I, I signed up for the beginner class and, you know, cause I have never been on a racetrack. So I signed up for the beginner class and then a gym from, uh, my garage Ventura was like, Hey, I'm leaving, you know, jump in there and, uh, and I'll take some pictures. And I was like, no, nah, this is going to be the advance. And he goes, fuck it, bro. We're all beginners. Like, you know, just, just jump in there. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good, man. You know? And he's like, but I'm leaving. I'm gonna take the pictures. Anyways, he convinces me, he basically calls me a chicken. I'm like, no, I'm not no fucking chicken, you know? <laughs> That's the best and, way to and do it. Originally, I didn't want to jump in because I know there is some pros there and I didn't want to hold them back. So next, you know, I said, fuck it, let me just jump in. And I got on that track and it, it just it just felt good. I killed it. I felt like I confident. There was at least, you know, four or five minutes that, you know, we recorded that they were the jumbotron was on me for whatever reason. And there was better backers than mine. So, you know, it, it was such a great experience. But again, there's just too much going on this year that I I, I can't build a bike good enough for the track because what these guys are doing is fucking insane yeah i know you saw those things i mean lightweight materials raising up those bags you know. oh yes high suspension fucking you know they got 128 kits 130 kits chain drives you know my bars were fucking too wide i mean there's just too much going on but it, i think if possible and feasible that's something i want to do next year yeah, so, no, it's a it's a fun little thing i know that um on the other side of the coin, we also have a lot of electric vehicle racing leagues starting up right now. So that's that's also going to be kind of crazy for me on my side. So, oh, I bet. <laughs> what do you, what do you know about? Um, I, I, this is probably so small compared to what you look at. But what what do you know about Super Seventy Three? Well, Super Seventy Three, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting the CEO a few few months ago at a friend's house. Uh, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Mutual he was on the podcast. Friend. Okay. Mutual friend uh, introduced me to him. And uh, I mean, they have this niche little market of these small size motorcycles. Big, um, yeah, big wheel EVs. Big, yeah, exactly. Urban. Big wheel bike EVs. As a matter of fact, I ride with a bunch of those guys. There's a group called uh, Super Kate or something like that. I forget what they're called. Super Squad. Super Squad or something like that. Downtown LA, they meet every Saturday and they just go out crazy riding. And we're talking about 50 of these guys on these small they go apeshit. Yeah, exactly. They go wild on it. But then you have electric scooters, you have electric motorcycles, you have, I had, I showed up with the live wire on there and these guys are like following me and I'm like, ooh, but then these guys are jumping over ramps and then I'm like, no, dude, I don't sidewalk. do that. Go on sidewalks. I go, I can't do that. I got to obey the uh, traffic laws. So, but it was fun. I mean, this, this movement is becoming bigger. I mean, it's just like 
<clears throat> the motorcycle called Cake. There's a, a electric motorcycle called Cake that's just real big. So you see all these smaller motorcycles that are really eye catching for these inner urban type of commuter guys. Yeah. But some of these guys are now modifying these things to become things that weren't supposed to be, which is crazy on this whole EV side. Yeah, they, and they just released a, a mountain bike version where it's the same thing that you saw, but it has the rear suspension, front suspension. It has better brake, and I think it's four piston brakes instead of the two piston brakes. Yeah, they're just. I don't know what happened, but like in the last month or two, I, I, I can't stop looking at them. I'm like, I fucking want one. Of these, <laughs> because they're just know? so fun. It's like, it's like a high powered bicycle. It's it, not exactly a bicycle, but it's not yeah. a motorcycle. It's like right in the middle. So it's, I can go pretty much anywhere I want. Yeah. It, it's perfect for that. And, and like, just to go get coffee real quick, just to go down the street, go down Ventura Boulevard, just to, you know, go like, I don't know. It's just completely different. You don't have to throw on your helmet. You don't have to pay registration. You <laughs> and don't, they don't break insurance. the bank. And they don't break the bank. And they don't break the bank. Yeah, there's another company that I keep uh, keeps throwing ads on my on my site is um, uh, Santos Santos Sonatos. It's an uh, EV company as well. They they're making an EV motorcycle that uh, Sondor 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 Sondor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, what, dude, I'll tell you this right what now. What do you think of that? There's there's tons of EVs coming out. I mean, out of the woodworks. I mean, from two-wheel to three-wheel to four-wheel EVs. I mean, you just heard the latest uh, announcement by Ford yesterday where they came out with the F-150 electric, which is called the Lightning. It's crazy. Zero to 60. That's funny because they originally had a truck called the Lightning. But check this out. <laughs> Zero to 60 in less than four seconds. Mm. Faster than the original race Lightning or faster than the Raptor. Wow. On a stock motorcycle. and I mean, stock a stock car, car, stock car. And here's the other thing. The bank's not broken on this. You would think, oh, my God, it's going to be like a Cybertruck. It's 100 grand at least. $39,000. But that's what the Cybertruck costs. Well, we'll see. We'll see once it hits. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, Elon says one thing. Other thing is what the market says. And right now, you're hearing all these shortages and stuff like that of, of stuff. So, but I mean, uh, EV is going to start becoming this just synonymous thing on vehicles it's not like oh you got a what you know no it's like oh whoa you got a electric vehicle okay how is it how's it to run how's it range you know all the typical questions people are becoming more educated as they see more and more interesting uh mainstream players like you know the fords of the world the porsches of the world the audis of the world coming out with products that you and i are going to want desirable yeah, yeah the, oh. the audi e-tron looks amazing That's gorgeous car man and the panamera my god yeah no not the panamera the, the cayenne yeah Oh my God! It's 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 there's some there's some really nice cars that are now being converted to the electric platform. The Taycan, which is the flagship uh, EV car from Porsche, that thing outperforms the current Tesla. I mean, and yeah, it's a Porsche, but when you see it on it, you know why you're paying that money because it's why, just, why, why is EV? I, I gotta say, which we'll talk about the live wire. I gotta say, when it comes to EV, except for Harley Davidson, it's pretty affordable. Like it's it's fair price. I haven't seen nothing ridiculous. Like oh my god, that's way too much money. Are you talking on the two wheel side or on the four wheel? It doesn't matter. Well, because I seen like you you look at the e tron. You know, I saw the Audi e tron. They had a lease promo, five forty nine or something. Yeah, I mean, because it's Audi exactly electric vehicle. Get out of here. True, true. I mean, on the on the lease side, you're you're you still you're finding a bunch of low price or good deals because they want to get that into the consumers' hands into consumers. Uh, grasp so they can then get them addicted to that. Because once you go electric, I'll tell you this right now, it's hard to go back. Yeah, I made that jump back in 2013 when I bought my first Nissan Leaf. And I enjoyed not having to go to a gas station. I enjoyed going to my destination, plugging in, 
coming back home, plugging in, and forgetting about gas. That was the best sensation. I mean, I got pissed off when I had to stop at a gas station. And the only reason why I stopped by a gas station is to take a piss or buy a beer. That right. was the only reason why I would do that. Ever since then, then I upgraded to the Teslas. Once the Tesla became an affordable car, uh, I jumped into a Model S early on. And then from that moment on, I just been EV 100%. Now the next logical step for me would be either a sports car or a family sedan or a truck. Which yeah. are the three cars that are coming out right now? You know, you have you have the Tesla Roadster, you have the Lucid Air, or you have the Ford F one fifty or the Rivian truck, which are about to hit market in the next two years at the most. So then the choice is a lot easier. So not you're not stuck with one particular brand at one given time, like Tesla. You know, I love Tesla. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Tesla fan. But at the same time, when you have other people now offering different things that Tesla's not offering, you start going, hmm, maybe I should look at these guys now. Yeah. So those are those are the things you're you're starting to see now. Now to answer your question, why are they expensive? Uh, well, well, I, I'm not saying they're expensive; they're affordable. Well, how it, how are they becoming affordable? Well, you know, now you have economies of scale. You have a larger demand, even though it's a small segment of the overall vehicle sales. Whether it's a motorcycle, which is a real small sliver, or a vehicle sale or a car sale, now you're getting more and more people interested. And now, obviously, the demand is higher you know, uh, costing of, of raw materials for this product. You know, you have higher demand for batteries, which means they can forecast more production, which means that they can get lower pricing. There's other factors in, into play. I mean, I mean, I, 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 the basic thought that crossed my mind was motors are expensive. That whole system they're putting in the motor, you know, all the parts that are included in building a motor, it costs a lot more than building, you know, four separate motors into, you know, the tires and that's it. Well, that in itself is 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 part of of what you think the cost is. But like I said, once again, it's just getting cheaper to make these cars. The technology. It's like you know when you when you buy, like I t- like I tell everybody, when you buy an electric vehicle, you're buying a laptop on wheels. Right. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's the only difference. You got a screen, yes. You got battery, yes. All you have different now is wheels and the motor. Just added to that, which is being controlled by the same CPU that's controlling everything else. So as you get more people and more people adopting this, they're getting to make more of these things from different suppliers. Therefore, the pricing are going to go down. I, I got a question. You, you have a Tesla now, right? Yes. How was the buying experience? And, and what I mean by that, like usually you buy a car, you go to a car dealership and you speak to a salesperson and you speak to the finance manager and then you go and you do paperwork and then you head out. What was the buying experience for Tesla? So... If uh, if you take it from a, a, a point of view of the regular buying experience where you go to a dealership, that is part of the part of the magic of what Tesla's doing is is what Dell did probably 25, 30 years ago, where Dell went, you know, screw this. I don't have to go through a retailer. I don't have to go through a dealership. I don't have to go through somebody who resells my product. I can go directly to the consumer through my website. Right. Okay. So Elon and his people did the same model. They said, you know what? Yes, we're going to have service centers and dealerships for people to kind of taste our product. But if they really want to order, they just go to the website, choose a color, choose a trim, choose this, choose that, choose that, boom. And then just in, just in time manufacturing starts building the car. So when they're ordering something on my site, the car's not ready. The car's going to be ready in a couple of weeks. And then we keep them updated on how the car's going through our assembly line. And then we send them an email saying, hey, your car's going to be delivered to such and such dealership of ours, such and such state. So you can go out and pick it up and take it out. That's the buying experience. Unlike a dealership where you go out there, you feel, you smell, you taste, taste the car. 
get to drive it. Yes, you can do that with Tesla. You probably have one of their floor demos. You go out for a test drive, but you're not going to be able to take that car unless right. you know, you've know you already pre-ordered it. But most of the time, since the, the dealer demo is for you to get kind of enticed and hooked. And once you're hooked, the next thing is they'll go to the website for you and they'll fill out all the information. Boom, boom. They'll put all the details of what you want your car to look like, feel like, and smell like. And then you know, a few weeks later, I remember when I bought mine, they were promising a four-week delivery time yeah. from the moment you ordered so that was the buying experience. And then when you got there, it was like, okay, I'm here to pick up my car. And they had this welcome sign, welcome Diego to the Tesla family. And they would have you in this glass closed area where a guy would walk you around the car, sit you down, show you how to, how the whole system worked. Obviously, like I said, it's a computer on two wheels. Yeah. So they would teach you how to use it and how to roll out and how to do this. And if you had any issues, the customer service was supreme. And then you walked out, everybody's taking pictures and clapping. And you're like, whoa, I feel like a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> that was the time. But yeah, vibe, yeah, I have not bought, <laughs> bought a Tesla in the last five years. But, you know, that was the experience that I got when I bought my Tesla, which is the, they used to call it the Tesla delivery experience, as a matter of fact, because it was just this whole rock star like atmosphere that you got, you know, you would go out there with your umbrella and your mug, said Tesla and little black bag. You're like, Whoa, this, this is pretty cool. Good. You felt scared. Yeah, I just got a car that, you know, the zero to 60 in less than four seconds. And you know, I don't have to charge up and I get unlimited free charging on this model S that I have. God, what's, what can be wrong with this? And you know, everybody looks at this and Oh my God, you drive a Tesla. You know, now you do that. And when I bought my first Tesla, people were going like, you got a what? A Tesla what? And I was like, oh, you drive a Tesla? Yeah, it's an old one, but it's a te- it's still a Tesla, dude. It's still Tesla. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fun. So now that whole atmosphere is kind of disrupting the rest of the industry because this guy, he developed a product, you know, under, under the premise of getting a Lotus converted to a, a, a working electric vehicle, which is what his first Tesla was. And then he said, from that moment on, once the proof of concept was done and people wanted this, I'm not going to build my own sexy looking electric vehicle. Because at that time, any other electric vehicle looked nasty. I mean, it was ugly. Right. People didn't want to buy them. But as soon as he came out with that Model S and he put those performance specs on it, and then he started making performance versions, people started kind of looking out. Then people were asking, okay, what about the charging situation? Don't worry about the charging situation. I'm going to build this network called the Supercharger Network. And anybody at any time can charge up for free at the time. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much gone now. Uh, I also, I'm also going to build my own battery capacity, my own battery factory. So I don't have to rely on Samsung or LG, whoever else to provide my, my battery pack. So this guy kind of grabbed the whole supply chain and grabbed it by the neck. And now he negotiates directly with the uh, utility provider saying, Hey, I got a supercharger station. I got the biggest network in the world. Give me a good price. So that's why you're able to get, if you don't have free unlimited supercharging on Tesla, you get really low rates because this guy negotiates like crazy for you. What, so you can what, get, what are the rates? Like, like let's say I don't know anything about EV. I buy a car. What am I spending that? So, uh, so basically, just to give you an idea, a Tesla, so the way you fill up a, a car is by kilowatt hour. You know, how many kilowatts it takes to fill up that battery. Right. Normally a Tesla battery pack is 100 kilowatts. So you're normally playing on a Tesla between 10 to 12 to 14 to 18 cents a kilowatt hour. So it takes, you know, a good eight or 10 bucks to fill up a Tesla at a charging station if you're paying under the Tesla pricing. Right. If you would go to another network, just like there's, we have gas stations like Union 76, Shell, and all these different, there's different companies now like Electrify America, ChargePoint, EVgo, which are now infrastructure or, 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 or energy providers for cars that you're going to start seeing popping up. And if you haven't already, you'll see them at Walmart, at, you know, anywhere where there's a parking lot and they're able to get a concession, they'll 
throw down a few chargers in there. Now, I, I, I just have a lot of questions about these chargers. These chargers that I see, like in Santa Monica, in the parking lots and everything else, you, you still got to pay for that. Yeah, so how, those, how does that work? So, so, so those, so, so those are the third party networks, right? That I'm telling you that are not right. Tesla. Those are uh, you download car? you download an app okay. that is part of that network. So mm-hmm. let's say it's Electro, Electrify America. And the story in Electrify America is interesting because they started because of the whole diesel debacle from VW. Interesting. So yeah. The billions of dollars that they had to pay, well, the US government gave it to individuals to start this company called Electrify America. <laughs> so wow. they came out of diesel 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 gate is what they call that. So so you open up an account with that network, download their app, open up an account. And obviously when you download the app and open up the account, you gotta back it up with a credit card. So every time you go to one of those stations, you swipe your phone in front or you go to the phone and say, I'm at this station, start session, you start session, you plug in. And then after you're done, it says your session costs you $8, $12, $14. It automatically debits it from your account. Or sometimes they prepay your account 30, 40 bucks. And then it just starts kind of consuming. Once you get to a certain level, it replenishes it. Interesting. But for each of these charger stations, for each brand, you got to have. Yeah. App. Yeah. It's just like when you have a debit card for, you know, mobile debit card for, you know, right, right. so, so something similar, but not as analog, more digital. Now, um, there are some companies that are trying to kind of conglomerate all that. And so you just on one account and kind of funnels it off to different ones, but that's still not, uh, a standard yet and, and that that hooks up to your apple pay like that'll you know, hook up to your apple pay or you to your paypal okay exactly you okay. can make some money off of that i mean save some money and not make money save right. money off of that and watch the tapping on the table because everybody hears <laughs> okay. that boom boom and click click clap. okay so um so yeah so the charging stations. the charging stations can trigger all those payment methods through your phone so technically you can show up to a charging station without any cash and you can easily start a charging session whether you swipe the phone in front of the charging station or you run the uh, app and tell it to start the session. So it's it's really simple. They're making it easy now. So it's not a it's not a procedure where it's complicated. Tesla has even made it easier because it's tied to your Tesla account. And if you have unlimited free supercharger, just pull up to a charger station. The charger station already knows you're there without even letting you you letting them know because wow. he has this neural network running where each car is communicating all the time to this cloud connector. And this cloud is telling every station where you're kind of driving by. So it says, hey, Diego's driving by the Ventura station. Diego just drove by the Ventura station, so he didn't stop by. Oh, Diego's now driving by the Thousand Oaks station. Oh, he pulled in. Okay, we know he's expected. So when he plugs in, that connection time is less than 10 seconds by the time you you get off. So he does that because he controls the whole ecosystem. Other charging networks, they have to kind of negotiate this whole transactional first. And then once you're negotiated, that's when you start flowing juices. So it can take you upwards of 35, 40 seconds. You know, there's still a lot of quirks being kind of addressed by it. They're they're doing now the uh, method similar to Tesla where you pull up and, you know, just kind of swipe it. Basically just plug in it. Car talks to the charging network and it says, hey, this is Diego's car. Okay, I'm start charging and I'll charge his account. Well, but those are the things that are kind of being worked on as we speak. Yeah. So th- this and, is just, and then the plug is the same plug as for your Tesla, that so, for your motorcycle? So, so no. So Because you have a live one. Tesla, Tesla, since they were the first boys doing something at this scale, they created their own standard. You know, they right. created the Tesla plug, the Tesla charging network, which is only proprietary to Tesla. And the plug is proprietary to Tesla. Then when other companies like Nissan, Toyota, and all these other companies started making cars, they went through the standard that is universally accepted. Uh, that standard is, uh, well, it was two standards, one called a, a Chatamo standard, which has now been discontinued, which is this big fat connector for New York's more streamlined called the J plug or the CCS plug. Okay. J plugs are the plugs that you use for low wattage or low voltage charging. Okay. 
Uh, a J plug is what a, a, a plug-in hybrid comes in with because it has a small battery pack. It doesn't need to have such a big jolt of electricity and it charges up in 45 to an hour. So that's one of the plugs. The second, the, the next plug is a CCS plug, which is also a universal standard. You know, Audis, Harley-Davidson, Ford, everybody uses this. It's called the CCS combo plug. These are different plugs. And then once again, it's a standard. All these electrification stations have them. Just go, you know, plug in, open up the app, you know, tell them you're going to charge, plug it into your car, and it works. The same plug that you plug into Naughty will work on a live wire, will work on a Ford, will work on a Porsche. So that's the difference. Now, um, there's some so, little so nuances here and there on yeah. the Tesla network. There's other type of Tesla uh, chargers called the destination chargers, which are like low capacity, low wattage, uh, low power chargers. Basically, they're 220 volt chargers, which you find in a lot of hotels as a convenience thing for their patrons. You know, show up. Hey, you got any chargers? Oh, yeah, we have some Tesla chargers in the back. You go plug in your Tesla. They're already making an adapter so you can use those low voltage. I was going to ask if there's two adapters. regular cars, but not the high powered ones, because the high powered ones is a network controlled by Tesla. And they dictate who gets the charging, who doesn't, based on payment or an account with them. So if I have, even if I invented a connector that converts that high-powered Tesla connector to my live wire, it's not going to work. Because Tesla's going to say, dude, this is not a Tesla. Right. <laughs> it's not, we're not going to give you juice. So that's how it works. So so there's different standards out there right now. But um, Tesla's kind of the odd man out because they're the biggest. You know, they created the industry, but everybody else is adhering to the regular industry. Standards. Now, did they create the the industry, or they they were well, the biggest? To, well, to, to be successful, because wasn't there the Fisker Karma? Well, yeah, the Fisker Karma was around the same time period, and the Fisker Karma was weren't, not, they, weren't they like borderline? Like there was Tesla, and there was Fisker Karma, and one of them yeah. had an investor, and whoever gets the investor, it was well, it's up. not only an investor because Elon Musk didn't make Tesla. Actually, no, right? no, Elon Musk was not the funder. It was two guys, Everhart and uh forget the other guy's name they're both ex uh silicon valley you know startup guys you know high tech guy high tech entrepreneurs they used to make tablets reading tablets or something like that it was crazy um he came in as an investor you know when they were creating the company they said we need investors he bought into the vision and you know there's a big story about you know how they were ousted out and elon took over the whole thing but the current vision of tesla as it is it's all elon you know right those guys started it they had a certain vision. They had certain things that they wanted to do, but they never were able to execute until Elon came over and says, okay, now I'm going to execute now. Um, what he did, it was a big gamble. You know, there was a point in time, he even, he even said it, you know, there was a point in time that he was ready to liquidate everything he had because he just couldn't afford to keep this thing open. It just one day, one more day, one more day, and he was able to scrounge them up. And now, you know, they're the most valuable company, car company in the world right now, you know, based on, on, on capitalization. But mind and you- And that's recent. But mind you, they're turning a profit not because they're selling cars. They're turning a profit because they're selling Bitcoin. They're selling energy credits. That's how they're making their money. Right now, they're not making money on cars. They, as far as I know, they've never turned a profit on cars yet. Yeah, because I, I know some big investors, and they were especially back in 2016, 2017, they were saying what Elon Musk was doing was a joke. Not one investor got their money back. Don't invest. He's crazy, you know. This was from a real extreme, you know, mm-hmm. investor point of view. They, they, they thought he was a fraud. 
you know, 100% they thought it was a fraud. Obviously, the believers and people in EV vehicles are like, oh, this guy is, you know. Yeah, this guy's the next Messiah. He's the next yeah. Messiah. He's a disruptor. And, and now I'm like, oh, man, Elon Musk is the well, best. Like, I actually want to get, I'm missing a poster, and I want to get an Elon Musk poster where he's just smoking <laughs> the fucking weed. weed like, yeah, exactly. I, and that's what's I, cool, cool about it. You, the the Neuralink, the SpaceX. I, I lose my shit with fucking everything. Did he you says. hear the spec of the latest sports car he's going to come out with in a couple of years? The Roadster? The one that's going to hover him? Yeah, zero to sixty in one point one seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're gonna have to wear it's a space suit. It's gonna hover. You're gonna have to wear you a space suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's gonna, gonna have thrusters. Four, four to uh, four to six feet, and it's gonna hover straight for I think he said like ninety seconds or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? How do you stop something like that, dude? That's a question. You got no brakes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, uh, retro making, thrusters. Retro thrusters. Yeah, and he's just making it as an extra feature, you know, like a exactly. little, what do you call it? One of the Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah, you have an Easter egg. It fucking flies uh, off well, the and ground. That, and that's the beauty about the, his technology is that you buy a car with certain features. Did, did you buy the flamethrower? No, I didn't buy the flamethrower. Mm, I, I bought the tequila. Them. You bought the tequila? <laughs> bought the was tequila. that legit? Yeah, it was a little tequila, yeah. Tequila. How many did he make? I don't know. I mean, you find them on eBay now for top dollar because people are just you know trying to sell them as high as they can. Fuck, anything I thought, I thought that, that he was makes, a joke. No, dude, he anything this guy makes, is people are just he has, he's he's built out of this car company what Apple Mac, Macintosh fanatics were back in the eighties and nineties. You know, you talked bad about an Apple, you got in a fist fight with somebody. Yeah, you know, same thing. You talk bad about uh, Tesla, people are like, what? Screw you, man. You know, each person has their own way of thinking. I've seen this Tesla movement grow. I mean, I remember when I first got mine, you would drive by and you see another Tesla, you automatically would wave at each other and you're like, oh my God, there's Tesla and you, they smile at each other. Now it's like you're driving a Tesla and other guys are driving a Tesla. I'll screw you, my Tesla's faster yours. You know, it's like this whole competition. It's no longer this brotherhood or used to go to the supercharging station. Literally, it was a social gathering station because everybody get out of the cars and talk about their cars and this and that and then I love this. Now it's like everybody's in their car and just... You can see them all. They either want to turn Netflix on their on their computer or screen on their car or on their phones. Nobody socializes anymore. So so that has changed a lot because now it became a mass a mainstream product. It stopped being this whole lifestyle. Geeky, exactly geeky nerdy guy. Now you know anybody and their mother can have a Tesla. You know you can find Tesla used Tesla Model S's for like twenty thousand bucks, which is a perfectly good car. Just doesn't have all the bells and whistles that the new ones do. But still, I mean, I, I know somebody who just bought one for twenty two thousand bucks, and he's a twenty four year old kid. <laughs> so I mean, smart kid. Yeah, I mean, you guy needs got a live wire. So now he's like, dude, I'm in the lifestyle. Yeah. So, so it's crazy, but it's 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 uh, it's like I tell most people when I when I when they confront me whether I'm on my Tesla or on the live wire or on whatever electric vehicle, I go, We're, I'm not here to tell you that this is better than what you have. Don't get me wrong. I'm just hearing that there's a, another option for you to get around. Whether you believe that there's global warming or not, whether you think this is good for the environment or not, whether you think it's, this is nicer or not, it's just another way of getting around. And people like choices. I like choices. I don't like being pigeonholed yeah, that I have to use a combustion engine to get around. Well, give me something else. Well, okay, we got hydrogen. Well, kind of, hydrogen is kind of still the combustion engine thing. It's just kind of cleaner. Okay, what about CNG, compressed natural gas? Well, it's still kind of combustion. You know, it's in a controlled explosion. Is there something else different? Well, what about electric? Well, either we don't have an explosion now. It's something different. And the characteristics on an electric vehicle, whether it's a bike or a car, the way it handles, the way it, it, it the power curve on that non-existent because it's constant torque. 
So, you know, it's, it's a whole different beast, you know, it's, it's all torque. Actually, yeah. Right? It's a, basically, you know, from the moment you start. So it's, it's, it's at the, at the end of the day, it's like two people tell me, well, if it's all torque, why doesn't the bike just buckle on you and flip you over? Cause it's all computer controlled torque. So the, the computer makes sure that those wheels aren't spinning too much. So they still have grip and they can take you on the road. Regular torque, just it'll flip that bike over and you'll be on the ground and the bike would be right on top of you. you know? yeah, of so course. those are the things you gotta, you gotta kind of watch out for. Uh, but I tell people, it's like, you know, it's just another way of, of getting around. You don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it. It's just be open-minded. Before you go out and rip it a new one, get on it one. Go get on Force Panamera. Go get on a Performance Tesla or go get on a Livewire or go get on Energica, which is another really good motorcycle that they use on Moto E. Imagine Moto GP now is at Moto E division and those bikes haul ass yeah. like no other bike. So it's just choices and me personally, I like choices. I like to be able to define where I want to go, how I want to go, and how I want to get there, and what tool I want to use to get there. Yeah, and, and, and we've always had that option. We just have newer, but newer options. Exactly. The option was all based on a combustion engine. Right. Now we have an option that is not combustion engine. It's electrical. So that's the difference. Now, a little tidbit of trivia here. The electric motor was invented before the gas-powered engine. Keep that yeah. in mind. So... Just that the powers of being, the economic factors, and all these other things made no, that. all the Rockefellers exactly the got, got rid of. I mean, I, I was uh, just listening a few year, a year, a couple of years ago about a story on on one of their stations that that L.A. out of all places had the most trolleys in the world. We had the best trolley network, electrical trolley. I mean, we thought San Francisco was yeah, good. Yeah. Goodyear. Oh my God, we, Goodyear did it. Yeah, they killed all that Fire, stuff. Firestone. Uh, fire, what is it? Firestone Tires, the yep. tire company. Yeah, it. they killed all that stuff and then they came over, killed it, got rid of all that, and then just bought buses and everybody get on buses and gasoline. Yeah, the, the, well, the, the other part about Los Angeles was Los Angeles was built around the car. You know, cities like New York, Chicago, Boston, those cities existed before the car even existed. And that's why there's small, narrow, you know, streets and, you know, you can walk and get everywhere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Los Angeles, the car already existed. So when they when they were making the city itself, they were like, okay, let's make, you know, two, three lane, you know, fucking roads. Let's do uh, bigger blocks that separate the houses. And this is why uh, you need a car anywhere you go in L.A. You can't just and cross the street. We don't, we don't have a, a pretty decent. Um, and then our public, public transportation street, exactly. is shit because, you know, perfect example, Chandler. Chandler, there used to be a nice trolley busway. Well, in 1997, I think around that time, they said, hey, let's take out the train tracks. Let's take out trains. This is bad technology. And they put buses. Yeah. You know, like regular gas powder, you know, uh, powered buses. So, but th th that's the, again, the the corporate America. Exactly. The, the, money in, the money interest, the petrol dollars, whatever you want to call it, killed that evolution of the electrical motor, which if we would have let it run concurrently with well, the gas engine, today, we would have had probably cars run out that did probably wireless charging on the road, you know, without having to stop. You know? So, but it's here now. Uh, it's not a fad, which is what a lot of people seem to think. Oh, it's just a fad. No, dude, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's, it, a fad is when the government mandates it, they make a car and then they destroy it, like the EV1 from GM right. you know, back 20, 30 years ago. Now it's being made. It's being mass produced. You got big boys in town, you know, Harley Davidson on the, on the two wheel front just said, you know what, we're going to do it because every other motorcycle manufacturer is making uh, bikes were small startups. Now you have one 800 pound gorilla saying, Hey, this is what we want to lead in. And we want to make it the most desirable brand in the world. And part of our branding strategy is electrification, which is a big part of it. 
just like Ford is doing now, you know, and everybody else that I've mentioned is doing it. So it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting few years. I think <laughs> you and I were going to see some nice changes. Oh, we're going to see so much. Now, what were you telling me about Livewire? You're telling me Livewire is not Harley Davidson and it's not, it's not Harley Davidson Livewire anymore. It's, it's not. So, so a part of, um, you know, after many years of Harley Davidson having, uh, issues, you know, uh, um, financial issues when it comes to declining sales, declining market share and all that stuff. Uh, they brought in a new CEO. This was sometime last year. He came in, he was a part of the board, uh, the chairman of the board, if I'm not mistaken. And he came in as the new CEO and he cleaned up house and he set up some strategies, one called the hardwire and the other one called the rewire. And basically the rewire was let's clean up unproductive units. Let's kill products that are network. And we don't think it's going to be, let's get more streamlined. Let's get more efficient. Let's become a good, you know, uh, uh, optimized running company. Once I did, once I do that, I'm going to bring in the necessary team players to kind of help me grow in the brands and in the in the markets that we think we see opportunities in that right. we can, you know, we can exploit and build our brand once again and and make it the most desirable brand in the world for motorcycles. And so he did that, and uh, just as a matter of fact, two days ago, I just looked at my stock and went from back in March of last year, beginning of COVID, thirteen dollars. It's up at $51 now. That's amazing. Come on. <laughs> you should have bought stock back yeah. in March I, of last I, year. No, I bought, I bought, but I bought, it was like a 21. No, I bought, I bought at $13 and 79 cents. I was like, yes. So, I mean, I wish I had my, my money to sink in, but not knowing the uncertainty of, of COVID, I didn't know how much money I was going to be able to sink into it. So this guy now, part of the strategy, one of the, one of the nodes or one of the portions of the strategy is electrification. You know, they didn't kill that. They went, they went ahead and launched the Livewire. A lot of people criticize it because uh, the Livewire has not sold the numbers. But, I mean, come on. It's it's an emerging market. Uh, they're one of the first ones. They're the first major motorcycle manufacturer making one. There are some other ones, but they're small startups. You know, they yeah. they don't have the networks. They don't have the, the trajectory these guys do have. But he launched this product. I was lucky enough to get one of the first. Less, I, I one of the first 50 bikes in the world. As a matter of fact, I had number 42, and it was your, first your one. Live wire. Yeah, my live wire, my first live wire. Because I've already has, I've already had two. So, uh, my first live wire is number 42 in the world, and uh, out of the first 500, which was which were called first strike bikes. The first strike bikes came with this placard signed by the CEO and a special emblem that you would put on your gas tank, saying that this is first strike number such and such out of 500. It was perfectly, if anything, these will become the collector bikes, right? Right. So I bought number 42 and I started doing my thing on it, you know, posting about it on social media and talking about it, you know, evangelizing EV, how much I like EV. I mean, the only thing I needed was the next logical thing was for me was getting an EV motorcycle. And as soon as Harley came out with one, because I'm a brand loyal guy, that was the first thing I did. Could I have gotten a zero? Yes. Could have gotten an Energica. I looked at them, but they weren't Harleys. Yeah, You know, when I pull in with my bike and I have a zero guy next to me in Energica, everybody gravitates to the live wire and then they go, oh, wow, look at that nice one. Look oh, at that. Yeah, look there's that. another one there. Exactly. What are that? What's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, that's the Italian bike. Oh, what's the you know, American startup here from the U.S.? But that's the hard live wire. Oh, my God, is it quick? You know, they start asking all the questions. And it, it's pretty darn cool when you have that that power attraction because of the, you know, the bar and shield. Right. Nothing else pulls that hard, that, that harder. Now, when you buy a hard like anything, you're buying a lifestyle. You know, yes. Can you get a cheaper electric bike? Yes. Is it Harley? No. Just like you can and get a lot. Cheaper. You can you can get a lot cheaper. You know, a bikes. lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. You can get a Honda. You can get a Yamaha that does the same thing, but it's not yeah, a Harley. It's not a Harley. 
you know, in, in the Yamaha and the Honda guys would, you, would bag on Harleys because, you know, they constantly break down, they're underpowered, blah, 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 blah. It's always this tug of war, but at the end of the day, you're buying is a lifestyle. And, and you know, Harley-Davidson not only makes motorcycles, they sell a lifestyle. And the lifestyle is associated with the now, branding, the clothing, the, everything else that you it, Is the lifestyle, it's the same as it, like, for example, when you pull up on a live wire, the Harley guys, do they lose their mind? Like, so, holy shit, that's a fucking motorcycle? Or is, so, it, or so, is it like, so ha, ha, it's, it's interesting. It, it's, it's an electric bike. It's an interesting sucks. thing. When when you're a first adopter for this type of technology, you get all at the shit. beginning, you get all the, you know, I remember when I full, full, pulled into, you know, you know, it's Orange County more or less, right? That yeah. bar called Cook's Corner down in Orange yeah, County. Course. Yeah, Cook's Corner and, and the, and the, the uh, Hell's Kitchen up there. I would pull up in the live wire. I mean, literally, this bike was probably two weeks old when I would pull up in there. And you'd see these guys all drinking. You never watch me riding that piece of shit. You know, that, they were just literally bagging on the bike, finding every single reason why this is a piece of shit, right? Right. It's not a real Harley and blah, blah, blah. You know, you okay. Fast forward two years, which is where we're at now. I pull into the same bars now. And same drunk guys, or maybe new drunk guys, now they're more open when they're, oh, that's that's the live wire, right? I heard it's quick. Uh, you know, you start telling me, yeah, I do zero to 16, like less than three seconds. And I got instant torque and I did that. Oh, you can't go far on it. I go, oh, I beg to differ on that. I kind of broke that mold a year ago. I did, I did 1400 miles in eight days, you know? Okay. Okay. You know, so. time, time, time out. This is a perfect time. <laughs> Who are you? How, how would you introduce yourself and where can everybody find you? So my name is Diego Cardenas. Um, I am a geek techie at heart. Uh, I, my, my regular nine to five, I'm a mild mind manner, it consultant, you know, cybersecurity expert here in Southern California, I work for the motion picture industry and a couple of other adjacent in- industries, uh, out of Southern California. So I'm a technologist by trade. You know, if it plugs into one, it transfers data. I'm your guy. That's how I kind of sell myself to my clients. Um, how do I, uh, how do I define what I'm doing now? I'm just an evangelist. Uh, I believe in EV. I believe in the benefits that it has. I believe that there's social, I mean, we're parasites in this planet and whether we like it or not, we're damaging it. You know, it's a, there's cycles in life, you know, things that happen. The dinosaurs just one day didn't get wiped out because they were smoking too many cigarettes or they were lighting too many campfires. It's, life has cycles. And, but we help accelerate some of those damaging cycles by doing the damage we do by global warming, dumping trash, you know, all the different things that you and I hear about every single day. So um, I'm an evangelist for EV technologies. That's why, you know, I try to lead by example, you know, when first EV cars came out, I was the first one in line. When first EV motorcycles came out in line, because I want to show that this is fun, this is nifty, and it happens to be right up my alley when it comes to um, uh, the ability of showing people that it can be done with something that is not common for them to use, like a gas-powered engine, you can't do long road trips. Well, yes, you can. Or uh, gas uh, gas-powered engine is the only car that can do zero to sixty in you know in seven seconds or four seconds or three seconds. No, my Tesla, my my everyday driver does zero to sixty in four point two seconds. You know, and I don't have to break the bank. So, so I'm an early adopter evangelist of, of what I like, and and it kind of goes in line to what I've always done in my life because I've been a techie or technologist. Is that like I told you, a, a, a an EV car or an EV motorcycle is just a laptop with wheels, right? <laughs> That's all it is. So, 
I've never was a gearhead. I, I never like taking apart motorcycles. I mean, I've my previous motorcycle to the live wire and I still have it. I love it. It's my B rod. I love that bike because it was the most high tech bike that Harley ever made at the time. Yours is what? Uh, o, o, o3? The original, the O2. Pre, o, o2. pre 100 year anniversary. So the original, yeah. So I got the original and I got also one of the first ones. And um, uh, I didn't see anything in in the subsequent years and i was talking about 18 years of me just holding out see what's out what is hardly going to come out the closest thing that i got to probably looking into a gas powered bike was uh the fxdr yeah. which they you know killed that was one of the projects that they killed you know after this new uh, ceo came on board and, and kind of cleaned up the house so but it still didn't move me and then they said hey we've been working on this electric thing for you know since 2013 2014 we've been showing it we've done Jay Leno with it. We've taken it around the world. People seem to have fun with it, but I'm like asking every year, like, is it coming out? Is it coming out? And then 2019, I'm walking through the consumer electronics show, which is the industry show that I normally go to. And I see Harley Davidson booth in here. I'm like, what's going on in here? So I walk in there and I'm like, they're sharing in there with Panasonic. I'm like Panasonic, Harley Davidson. I look and there's the bike right there. I'm like the live wire, the live wire, like pre-production model. I'm like, that's not the one I've been seeing for the past six years. Tell me that this is going to be it. He goes, yep, it's coming out for sale in, you know, September of next year, which is 20, uh, 2019. And I'm like, hmm, here's my credit card. Take my money. I'm like, can I take this one? That's right. Here to stand. <laughs> He's like, he goes, no, no, this is just the demo. I said, okay, fine. So uh, after that, I was just waiting for them to start shipping, 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 shipping. And I like all the dealerships, oh, we got an order. We got an order. We got an order. And some of the dealerships were putting up these not ridiculous markups on the bike. Like, dude. This is a bike that if you sell three in a quarter, you're lucky. So don't mark it up. Just try to get people to accept it and buy it. And our friend, mutual friend, uh, Matt, Laidlaw happened to have one. I was driving by the dealership. I stopped by. He had two of them, two black ones sitting in his showroom floor. I said, dude, sell me one. He goes, yeah, you can take that one. Here it is. Close the deal. Love at first sight, man. I was like, dude, once I got on that thing, my V-Rod doesn't see as much as much traffic anymore as it used to that yeah. thing is so fun to ride up and down traffic i still haven't around. ridden one dude i, I got matt, one out there you want to go ride it matt laylaw <laughs> keeps telling me like come by man just take it out for a fucking spin i still haven't taken it out dude, for a spin. that thing is just I, I, I can do no justice explaining to you what it is to ride ev the only way you can really explain it to yourself is by sitting on one and riding one it's, I mean, I can say, yeah, it's instant torque. Okay. But one thing is me saying it. Another thing is you feeling it. They go, oh, it's like a Tesla. I go, not quite. A Tesla, you're cocooned inside a closed environment, isolated or isolated from, from the environment. So you don't have the smells, the wind, the soil. On an electric motorcycle, all those elements are in your face. You feel the torque on every single pore of your body. You feel that your teeth go from here to the back of your neck. It's no crazy. other thing. No other That's thing insane. does that. It's so tell me. I mean, tell me. You feel. I mean, the, so this is what torque does. Instant torque on on these electric vehicles that you have. Now, the live wire is not the most powerful electric motorcycle out there right now. There's other bikes that are more powerful, but for a nerving commuter bike, <laughs> I mean, you saw me racing out of the Bagger League, and yeah, there's yeah. a little video section. There's somebody took a video of me coming out of one of that last curve on the on the starting line or finish line. Me and a Bagger just get head to head, and all of a sudden. He floors it. I floor it, but I leave him like if he's standing still. He had to downshift to be able to kind of get some. By the time he downshifted and, and, and gassed up, I was already three bikes ahead of him. <laughs> so obviously there's no gears. There's no. Nuts. So it's, it's a just single. It's, it's just throttle 100%. The bike is governed up to 115 miles per hour. 
They don't want to kill you. Can the bike give you more? Yeah. But I mean, there's this also, there's regulation. There's also power consumption. They don't want you to have a bike that does 150 miles per hour. And all of a sudden you're on out of battery at, you know, 30 mile range, you know, those yeah. are the things they want to kind of make sure that you're aware has riding modes. It's, 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 it's a really interesting thing riding into going from gasoline powered to, 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 um, to electrical. I mean, uh, one of the interviews that I had, they asked me, how do you compare a V-Rod, which was a pretty powerful bike for the Livewire, I mean, for the uh, for, for Harley, and compare it to uh, the Livewire. I go, a V-Rod to me is controlled chaos, right? Because it's, it's just a monster to go straight and fast. Didn't you have one? I thought you told me. No, 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 no you didn't not have a V-Rod, it? no. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just a breeze. I mean, talk about, it's called a muscle bike for a reason, right? right? A Livewire it's computer controlled chaos. So now you have the same beast beast mode that you have on the on the on the V on the V rod, but you have it computer controlled. So now you handle like a madman, you curve, you go down 45 degree lean angles, you're scraping your knuckles with the pavement. I mean, it's it's crazy the stuff you can do on this, but it's all computer controlled because it has these sophisticated algorithms uh, on something called RDRS, which basically constantly control or monitor the spin of your wheels. And if they see your wheels, wheel kind of spinning, it'll it slow like it down. traction control. Exactly. There's, it does all kinds of stuff. Anti-wheelie if you don't, you know, so you don't make anything stupid, you know, by throttling it. So there's all kinds of stuff that try to keep you upright. Safe. Yeah, and safer. And safe. You know, so those are the things you're starting to see. Is with, there like a rain mode? Yeah, there's a rain mode that basically rain mode is dumbing it down to gasoline powered bike status. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you don't throttle that thing and you're spinning. No, it takes off like it's, it's got the ABS. It got the ABS. It has all this there, all this stuff. It's just a rear motor, right? Yeah, it's a single. It, like, yeah, it's a, a single single motor. Yeah. So you see that silver thing right there? That's the silver motor that connects to the gear that then goes to the belt. Now, now, what's what's happening? You're saying they're breaking off from so, Harley, or it's a so, spinoff? So part of part of the whole rewire strategy. Uh, is that Harley Davidson is is has spun off the Livewire as its own brand? So yes, it's still a Harley Davidson product, but it's its own brand. So you're gonna say Livewire by Harley Davidson? Not it's not a Harley Davidson Livewire. Yeah, because where it says Livewire, it would originally say Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. Exactly. So now it's its own start. You know, they're still. So how do you feel about this? Um, I is it still Harley? No, it's not Harley. No, Davidson. no, no. Calipers. No, no. It's just, it's it's his Brembo. That's yeah, Brembo. Brembo. Brembo, Calper, Showa, suspension. It has top-of-the-line components. Don't get me wrong. So how do I feel about it? Um, I think it's an opportunity. Because talking about a lifestyle and the brand. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, but, but, but it's, it's, it's still, deep inside, it was engineered, designed by Harley engineers. I mean, which I had the pleasure of meeting most of them. They're great guys. Uh, a lot of the guys from Palo Alto or from Silicon Valley are great guys. A lot of the guys in, in Milwaukee are great guys. Now they're just kind of, doing their own thing on the side, it's still under the Harley because they're still going to be sold on their dealerships. They might, they will be sold on their own. They're going to have their own Harley Davidson point of sales. So they're kind of branching out to meet more of the demand now because a lot of the new age guys don't really care for the brand Harley Davidson. They believe yeah. it or not, they, they can get rat's ass, but they do care about getting around, getting around something cool, fun, zippy. And whether you call it a zero or you call it energy or, or live wire, they want to be able to get into that. So if it means that we have to create this whole new structure to gain this new market, we will do that. And by the way, now that we're creating this new structure, now we get to do these different things that under the old structure were kind of hard because of the way we used to think. These guys are free to do, you know, what they Whatever think is they feasible. Want, yeah. Exactly. So shit, are we going to see skateboards live? Where? I don't know. Are we going to see, you know, 
monocycles in London Eye Wire? Are we going to see powered boats? Are we going to see, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the sky's the limit because they're their own little thing now. Yeah. You know, I know Harley Davidson has made And, and w- w- when was this announcement? This was announced uh, like, what, four weeks ago? This was. Uh, so this is brand new. So it's, yeah, it's a brand there's new. nothing on the site, actually. No, no, no. This is, oh, right now, it's just, this is just a dummy site right now that they have up and running. Like, Get in there and they'll send you information about what's going on as from email. But the and full this is website, the new logo. That's the new logo. Uh, officially, it's going to launch July 7th. That's when they're going to do a whole press uh, online event where they're going to say, Behold, here's the live wire. We sold. This is the 2021 model year live wire or wires. We don't know yet. So they right. have some new products. They may update this one. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, being worked on as, as we speak right now on launching this new company. It's going to be crazy. So who knows? We might have sports bikes. We might have a bagger. We might have a tour. I know. Did, did you see that April Fool's post? <laughs> did you post that yeah, or somebody that. posted that? I posted that, that yeah. Yeah. It, it looked like a live wire bagger. It looked like a live wire bagger. That'd be fucking insane. I saw that. I'd be like, I'd definitely get that. <laughs> well, no, don't don't be don't be surprised. I mean, you're gonna be seeing cruisers as as the way technology is ramping up now, you're gonna be able to see. I mean, just this weekend, I believe it or not, I participated in a five hundred mile race with a live wire. It was seven or eight of us electric motorcycles who can get from anaheim disneyland parking lot to the arch of reno nevada the fastest 500 mile it's crazy it was a cannonball oh so we did a it's called it's called the cannonball run yeah the cannonball run like wrapping my head around yeah well what the well you know the typical cannonball run is la to new york the fastest i think the world the broke the the record just got broken a couple days ago the guy did in like 26 hours it was a dream of three guys 26 26 hours hours. la to new york on a i think it was a modified it was a modified porsche i forgot what it was but they modified a Porsche. They put an extra, they put a secondary gasoline tank in the back, so they would they would have a lot more. And then they had a spotter in the front, guy. You mean? Yeah, and uh, in the front or the back, wherever yeah. they just had extra gas. They had a spotter guy in the middle, and then two drivers, and then they would rotate around so they wouldn't stop nonstop drive. Whoa! For twenty seven hours. The spotter was what for like police or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you know, up ahead, <laughs> cops can remember Cannonball Run. It's you know, it's a it's no rules. Whoever can get there the fastest, and their average speed, from what I heard, was one hundred and three miles per hour. And, and and what do you what is that? Uh, like people just make some bets, yeah, you, put some yeah, money yeah, in exactly. There. Bet some money, and for bragging rights, you can make it across the country the fastest without getting popped. Wow! <laughs> so what we did is we did a little micro version of that on motorcycles. Uh, we uh, well, some uh, they've done it already on EVs with Teslas. I think a guy did it in a few days. It was because of the charging stops. But we decided on doing our own little version of uh, of the Cannonball Run. We did the first one, first annual Cannonball Run, which was me and three other guys who can get from uh, Ontario, California to Las Vegas, the quickest. Mm-hmm. And it took me like five hours and forty five minutes. The fastest guy was like a little bit over four hours. It was it was it was insane. And that's including charge stops. Um, now. Explain yeah, to there's me. There's no way exactly. to do it on one charge. No, no, no. So the, the range is not there yet. So basically, to explain to people what the gist of a cannonball is applied to EV. So just like Formula One vehicles, it's not the fastest car that makes the finish. It's the car that manages its fuel consumption and stays the off efficient. the pit. Exactly. It stays off the pit the least amount of times. So that's why you see these pit stops that are literally trained. To be perfect in less than few, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, the guy's in there filled up, boom, and the new tires, 15 seconds, boom. And the short, because at the end of the day, it's whoever's is more on the road who's going to win. Right. So with electric vehicles, 
it's the same basic premise. You just don't have a pit stop or anything. You have to be basically in charge stuff. So how do you leverage your electric vehicle to get to Las Vegas, making the necessary stops with the least amount of time? So and you where have to, to make the stop. Exactly. So then you have to kind of map it out and then decide, okay, my bike's official range for this at 70 miles per hour is this distance, but I have this charging stop here. But if I get there too low, then I may have to stay there longer. So maybe I should stop sooner, have a good charge there, and then charge just a little bit less to make that other one and then hop to, up to Right, Vegas. but then there's also a hill. And exactly, and then, there's the, the hill and then I don't know what the crosswinds are going to be because crosswinds or frontal winds will kill my range. So, so there's this whole strategy, strategy behind it. I mean, I remember the guys right before this race, we were all like, some of them were kind of keeping their stuff quiet other people are like hey beware of this now we have a seven thousand foot elevation so watch that out you know everybody's kind of thinking what the best strategy is to get from a to b in the quickest amount of time on an ev and for our last uh this run that we did so the first one was la to vegas this one we just did was um anaheim to reno the winning time was a little bit over 11 hours or 45 minutes or almost 12 hours that's fucking that's insane. including maybe three or four charge stops that he had to do. He did it on an Italian Energica bike. It was crazy. It took me 16 hours to do because I took the long way around. I took, I went through this. With all the approach. fucking calculation, you went the long way around? Well, there's another reason why I did it. I mean, I got a bigger ride coming up in the next couple of weeks and I'm testing out a bunch of new hardware modifications I did on my live wire because my live wire is, believe it or not, uh, I don't know if you saw the movie Long Way Up that you hear. You know who Ian McGregor yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, of course, of course. So Ian McGregor and Charlie yeah, Borman. They, they, they had like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar fucking live wire. Well, yeah, exactly. You know. So, so the one one us basically. So basically, these guys are known for doing these crazy adventure rides around the world, right? And a few years ago, they wanted to do Long Way Up, which was basically their current installment of their Long Way series, and they wanted to do something from South America all the way to USA. And they were approached by Harley Davidson. Hey, why don't you try it on a live wire? They said, well, it wasn't really our plan to do that, but we would need bikes that are kind of off-roady like, right? Because we're not going to be going through freeways all the time. We're going to be going through whoever knows what. So it gave, they gave basically Harley Davidson within weeks, you know, just a few weeks to grab stock live wires, production live wires, modified them to be adventure bikes. Right. And they did that. They grabbed a lot of the stuff from the current Pan America suspension tires and a bunch of other stuff, raced them swing up, arms, swing arms. Yeah, they did all kinds of stuff. They changed so, everything. Yeah, they changed the bike and, you know, they're pretty expensive bikes, but they were able to show that they were able to grab from Patagonia, Argentina, which is the furthest, most south part of South America. They made the trek all the way across to uh, LA and arrived here three months later, which was crazy. Now, how do you do for, you know, Hollywood dollars, Hollywood budget? pre-production planning they were able to kind of charge up in certain spots that another company by the name of Rivian set up for them so they were able to charge up and eventually made it and showing that electric vehicles you know are able to make it now what's their learning lesson here and this is another one of the side stories that i give people is back in the early 1900s when the gas-powered engine was uh, when the when when the gas-powered engine was starting to be developed and, and, and mass marketed to everybody else on vehicles, whatever you want to call it, the number one reigning king was either horse and buggy or steam powered, right? So when these guys came over with these engines, going, "Hey, we got these engines you can put on your buggies and you can make them fast," and people would go, "I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. Am I going to get gasoline? I can't even make it to the next town." Yeah. But once the infrastructure was laid out as we know it today, where there's gas stations pretty much every block and a half away, that problem went away. So the same thing is going to happen with electric once 
infrastructure is dead. The difference between infrastructure on, 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 on a gasoline level is that you need a special dedicated spot. It has to be zoned. It has to have those tanks. You have to be able, you know, all these different things. Right. To put a charging station, exactly. To put a charging station, as long as you have dedicated power for it or enough power to juice it up, you can put up a station. That's where you're starting to see, you know, you, know, you see them at Walmarts, you see them at Walgreens, you see them at wherever you can see a charging station it's because they got a concession to be able to put it there. So there's really no limitation in how many stations or where it's how far, how fast can we deploy them. And with the current government that we have, they're all pro EV. You know, they want to deploy as much EV infrastructure and charging as possible, which means that you'll be able to go anywhere you want on any motorcycle you want at any time you want in the next couple, you know, in a few years, because there's going to be enough infrastructure, which is the limitation. What's going to happen? Because they said, what, uh, 2035, all combustion engines have to be off the road well, at least at least in or california they can't be produced yeah can't california. be make it yeah so you can still own one you can you probably can bring one, one yeah. you can probably bring one from out of state but here so in they're, california they're, they're, they're gonna do like a buyback program or something maybe uh, i don't know i think they're gonna say sorry california you could only buy electric vehicles if you need to buy an f-150 gasoline you're gonna have to go you know across the state to nevada and bring it in and register it here and probably they'll make it an uphill battle to register but um, and they're probably yeah. to charge a lot more. Money oh yeah, dude! I'll tell you yeah, this right now. Just just to get an idea, my twenty my little twenty fourteen Tesla that I have, which registration tags should technically be for twenty fourteen cars should be put a couple hundred bucks, two hundred, three hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm paying a thousand dollars almost. You're paying a thousand dollars for registration on my car, which is a twenty fourteen because it's electric. That's <laughs> fucked up. What about the live wire? Well, <laughs> that's the story. I haven't paid a single registration fee yet because the second one that I have, remember I told you the first one is number 42. The second one that I have is number seven. So uh, one day here, let me tell you. So this, here's the story. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear after the story. <laughs> so one day I'm taking my bike in. So let, let's go back another Did story. Did you steal that bike? No, well, no. no, no. <laughs> so, so last year, as as COVID was ramp, you know, rampaging through through the world, I turned fifty. You know, I was my fiftieth birthday. I was June thirtieth. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I was my fiftieth birthday. I wanted to throw a big party because obviously it's half a century. You want to do, but you can't because no social gatherings. Yeah. You would get in trouble. I wanted to fly somewhere. I originally was going to fly to Spain to a region called Cardenas, Spain, which is what my my ancestral home is, and I couldn't because obviously Spain was in lockdown. There was major quarantines going on. And I told my wife, God, I was going to suck for my 50th. She goes, she goes, well, let's do something local. So I'm like, hmm, maybe we should do something crazy. She goes, what? I've already had EV road tripping experience with my Tesla. I already did LA to New York in the past. And it was a fun trip. It wasn't bad. You know, you do your charging stops. You know, you're there. You're driving for a couple hundred miles, you know, two, three hundred miles. Each charge for an hour. So that's basically cars charging. You're also recharging yourself, stretching yeah. yourself. So it's okay. It's not bad. Like forces brakes on you. Exactly. Forces those brakes on you. So you, you're enjoying more of the, the trip for the sake of the road trip instead of getting to the final destination, which is the reason why I road trip. So I told her, I go. If you're down, I I want to do Mexico to Canada on the live wire. She goes, what? I go, yeah, I want to do it from, from Mexico to Canada on the live wire. I already did the calculations. I looked at the map. I see that the five freeway here in California is called the West Coast Green Highway. She goes, there's enough charging infrastructure to take the live wire based on its limited range from charging station to charging station from different vendors. So if one charging station is not there from one vendor, I probably have another one within a, a mile or two. If I plan it right, I think we can do Canada. And that would be pretty monumental for my 50th. And that would make me a happy guy. She goes, okay, let's do it. So I 
shot it out to my contacts at Harley Davidson because uh, being one of the first owners of, of the Livewire and being the social media guy that I have like the biggest following and all that stuff because I've been doing so much with it since day one, I kind of shot it out to them. Hey guys, I'm planning on doing this. Uh, just FYI. All of a sudden, I get their PR people, their marketing people, their business development people calling, hey, what are you going to do? Are you, are you ready? Are you, you think you can do deliver? I'm like, that's just for my birthday. I just wanted to do a little ride. And all of a sudden, this became the spectacle. And I took off. They announced it on their on their social media feeds that this guy, Diego Cardenas with Livewire, is going to go across the states. We wish him luck. And all of a sudden, I started gathering people just following me, following me, following me. And every single stop, I would do a little video live video broadcast check Instagram. in check in yeah hey guys i everything's great i'm here in san isidro i'm about to take off my next stop is going to be somewhere north san diego county i'm gonna charge there and i'll let you guys know how it goes and literally i had people all the way in pakistan in india watching me it was crazy i would people i get people high, find me putting likes on my stuff it was, it was crazy because they were following the adventure with me they wanted to see if i could Pull this off. If you can make it. And I would be the first person in the history of Harley Davidson on their electric division to do such a feat, to go across a continent, which basically across the country. So um, 25 stops later, eight days later, on June 30th, I put my foot in Canada saying I made it. And it was my birthday that day. Yeah. Obviously, Canada didn't let me go across because they were with the lockdowns. They, they were only letting essential traffic going <laughs> oh, across. Fuck. They told me, even if you try. But you got a foot somewhere. Yeah, I got my foot in there. But now I got pictures of the Canadian border. You know, it was, it was, it was and like my wife brought this little cake and we cut it right in this beautiful park. Your wife brought a cake? What do you mean? Yeah, she bought it at, at one of my dress stops, you know, okay. and then she like, bought fuck, it. Fuck, that's yeah, dedication. No, no. <laughs> she bought a fucking cake. Oh, no, there's days. a picture of me. If you go to my, my Facebook page and we'll She wrote with this. you? Oh, she, so she's always been my, my spotter vehicle. Right. Uh, she's also a road tripping girl. I, I've never road tripped before. I mean, I never cared a road trip on a motorcycle or a car until I married her. Because right. her family was used to road tripping back in Colombia, where I'm from. They go up and down the country, left and right, you know, to other countries and stuff like that. So she's a road tripper. It takes a different type of person to get in a car for X amount of days and just go at it, you know, oh, 100%, you know, so, and she likes the stuff. And my little daughter has been a road tripper since she was born. So she knows that that as long as I have an iPad and as long as I have some sort of sleeping situation, no problem. So she follows me on a spotter vehicle with a trailer. And since I was the first person doing this, I didn't know if I was going to be stranded in the middle of death Valley at 123 degrees temperature right? because the bike overheated. I had no idea this was going to happen. So she followed me and I was just go from charging station. We do uh, During this time, it was just me trying to get there. We would do some sightseeing. We would meet the locals. We would go to the local museum. So we made an adventure out of the adventure. Yeah, Make sense? Of course. Um, so it was real fun. We made it eight days later at the last charging station. She sends me to Walmart to buy something. Oh, you need to go buy something. I'm like, really? I just rode, you know, 1,400 miles. You send me to Walmart now? Yeah, just go. She then decked out that whole charging set. There's a picture of me saying happy birthday. And it's all confettied out and, and balloons all over the place. And she goes, happy birthday. When I came back, I'm like, oh, great. And that's one of the pictures that kind of made fame, made me famous. This guy's at the last charging stop in, L, in, 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 in Washington before going across the border, which is pretty pretty nice you know yeah. feeling um so i i i uh, did a total of 1405 miles in, in around eight days i could have done it sooner but you know we had some issues and and Matt's, Matt, yeah matt 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 I, I detailed it all out my wife passed out in the middle of the desert i lost my keys <laughs> it was crazy oh, no. <laughs> so with the support that i had you, from you lost your your, your yeah my so the, the so so the key the the, the bike is a keyless entry bike right so you have to have a proximity of your farm next to your bike to start 
So um, I'll make this story short. So we're in the middle of Death Valley, you know, around that Redding, California. The Redding? Yeah, Redding, Redding, California. We're in the desert. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at my, because I, I normally carry my phone with my maps, but I also keep analog copies of everything, paper printouts of what I'm going to do, what my next stop is, just in case something fails on the technology side. And all of a sudden, I hear a thump on the ground. I'm like, I look back behind the car, and I see, whoa, my wife's on the floor, passed out. I'm like, whoa. Well, she totally had heat stroke. She was more worried about me uh, hydrating and getting nourished and all that stuff, and she was not taking care of herself. Right. She passed out, so all of a sudden, I'm having to stop my, do CP, not CPR, but you know, do triage on her, get her in the car, turn on the AC, put water in her face, try to get her back up, because she was like really passed out. Get her up and running two hours later. I go, okay, honey, you okay? Everything's good? She goes, yeah, yeah, you won't. This is the moment. We can cancel now. We're not in Washington or Oregon. We're still in California. We can head back home if you don't feel good. No, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So, trooped on. So I get back on the car, on the motorcycle. I turn on the motorcycle. I take off. Do my next 89-mile trek to my next charging station. I get to the next charging station, turn off the bike, and then all of a sudden the bike says, no fob detected. I go, that's weird. No fob detected. Start touching my pockets. My side pockets, my front pockets. I'm like, oh, shit. What happened to the key? Hmm. Now to start the bike, there's a backup method called a pin. So you can start it off with a pin. Good, and at least it has the fucking pin. Yeah, like but, the Harleys. But, but, here's the big but. Just before me taking the bike in, going into the strip, I took it in for service. And they replaced the, MC, uh, the, the BCM, the battery control module, which holds the security on the bike. They never reflashed it to my new codes. So whatever codes that were there, nobody knows what they were. They weren't updated to my code. So I'm like putting my pen. It's not working. I'm calling lady. I was like, hey, guys, where's my pen? Oh, it should be this. Nope, it's not there. Nope, nope, not working. I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do now? I'm like, no bikes, not starting, no, no electricity. I can't go anywhere. That's the re- reason why you have a spotter driver. She, we just kind of rolled the bike back, and I rode back 90 miles, unloaded the bike, when road, we rode 90 miles to go back is to see if I could find the key somewhere in the floor where she passed out, which was where we thought I dropped the key. We went there. It was night already looking with flashlights. No key. I'm like, shit. Fuck, man. This so, is really, so, so, <laughs> I'm but, already furious. I, no, I, I, oh, yeah, man. I, was, I, was, I, I mean, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I wanted to complete this come hell or high water. Yeah. So I'm talking to, uh, now keep in mind, Harley Davidson was interested that i continued this trip i mean they, they were behind me 100 because i was willing to do it so i'm texting with engineers at night going, what, is there anything we can do can we do anything well they said diego the closest harley davidson dealership you have it is like another 40 miles down if you can get there we can possibly flash it we can have them even though they're not remember not all harley davidson dealerships are live wire dealerships they have to have Certain training, certain tools, certain you know technologies enabled Computer, for them to service. Software. Yeah, exactly. But we'll have these guys take your bike in as an exception, and we'll tunnel into your bike, and we'll make sure that the code works. I said okay, so I went back another forty miles. So now I lost a hundred and some miles almost of my my trip. Get there, they take care of the situation. Get back on the road, they reflash it. They give me a whole new set of keys. I buy a whole new thing, and and continue my trip. Now. What's the learning lesson here? People go, well, you're paying so much money for a live wire. I go, I'm not only paying for lifestyle. I'm not only paying for technology. I'm also paying for a dealership network that is unmatched by any other manufacturer. Yeah. How many places can you say I'm within 100 miles of a dealership? Not many other motorcycles can say that. You know, very few. 
And they were able to pull this off. So once they fixed it, got back on the road and continued my trek back up, continued doing some sightseeing, continued doing some tourism. And then on June 30th, I landed in Canada, which was a crazy ass ride. And at the end, literally tears were coming off my eyes because at the, at the beginning, you're like, okay, you're all pumped up during the middle. You're like, oh my God, I'm so over this now. I'm sick and tired of it. It's a thousand miles already, EV miles. My back's hurting. My ass is hurting. Everything is hurting. And then towards the end. Did you make any modifications like no, suspension stock, or anything? Just stock. Stock, stock. It basically, it's a bike off the dealership floor room. Took me across the country. Um, And towards the end, you get there and you get this sensation of like sadness. Like sad, and I tell my wife, I feel bummed. She goes, "Why?" I go, "Because I'm not going to be able to do this more. I'm done. I, I, I got to the finish line. What else is there to do?" She goes, "Oh, it's okay. It's an accomplishment." So uh, right as I got to the finish line, Harley Davidson puts out this press release saying of what I did. I get calls from senior management saying, "Hey, congratulations! You know, your first guy who ever did a cross country on our, on, our, on our bike on our EV bike." Um, you know, love to hear your experience, you know, what you like, dislike and all that stuff. So it, I built even a better relationship with those guys at corporate, which was awesome. I mean, I have not many people have at a text message away, the guy who spearheads the engineering team who developed the bike. Right. You know, I can text him, like, dude, I just saw this, you know, and, and since then I've been a, a, a big time supporter. Um, I like, I tell when I talk to them, I go, you know, I work for you guys, right? He goes, what do you mean you work for us? I go, yeah. I mean, cause anything that I do, reflects on your bottom line which reflects on my stock that i own <laughs> so i kind of work for you guys so whatever i do to help you guys it helps me in the end so i see myself as you, being you, part of the team you should have said you know you guys work for me right <laughs> but <laughs> i, I work for stock <laughs> and, uh... but, uh, but so 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 you know so i have that advantage so ever since then i've been like their go-to guy they constantly text me hey so how many miles do you have on it now so what are you doing now what are you so i mean there was a how many miles call. do you have on your bike now? on the second one ten thousand, and on the other one fifteen thousand. Nice. Less than a year. <laughs> Both nice. of them were like year bikes. Um, so, you know, I, I constantly get text messages. How's it going? And, you know, or, or there was a recall a few months ago. There was a recall on the live wires um, that the bikes were suddenly losing power and, and TSB made them do a whole safety recall. And I helped on finding that issue because I was experiencing that issue. And they would ask me technical questions and being a techie and IT guy that I am, I was able to kind of, give them the data that they needed yeah, and then eventually properly. Yeah, exactly. Instead once, of guessing. once I got it over to the dealership for them to service it, they were able to determine, they dissected the hardware, they took into the software code and then ended up determining that it was a, it was a, a software bug. So basically the bug was that when the battery control module would lose track of the battery status or how the battery was doing, it would not respond to it. The battery control module thought, oh shit, something was catastrophically wrong went one here. So it severed connection, mm. which meant that if you're at 80 miles per hour and that connection got lost, you would lose power. It's yeah. not fun doing 80 miles per hour, not losing power on the freeway. It's even scary. Exactly. So that happened to me a couple of times. We were able to find out the issue and all of a sudden they found the software bug. A bug and and they were uh, able to you know uh flash all the bikes that were had been sold year to that date so thank god you know i'm i'm, I'm not only you know a user i also want to make sure that the product is solid that the that yeah they, you believe in it You're exactly and i'm supporting 100 do, do me a favor break this down because you look at a motorcycle and you have an oil pan you have a transmission you have a motor you have gear shaft you have you know belt drive you, you you have a whole mechanical system 
what's happening here? What's the gray? So, what's the black? What? Where, all right. So let's, you, you, again, in a traditional one, you have a gas tank. <laughs> so so let's start off with the gas tank. So up on top where it says live wire, uh, it's a, it's 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 a cover for the electronics that are controlling all the bike's functions. So you have the BCM battery control module and all these key components that kind of make this system work as a system. As That's a the brain? That's the brain. Okay. So in front of that, you have a little display, and you can't see it here, where you have your LCD, where you see your tack and all, and not your tack, your, your speedometer and all the different riding modes what, that you what, have. Now, why would you have a tack? And a no, no, you don't have a tack. I yeah, mean, a speedometer, okay. yeah, it's a okay. speedometer, you know. So you would, where you, like, your, <laughs> your, your, no, your instrument cluster, I mean, you can yeah. take, I mean, right, the, motor, right. the motor still spins. It still has RPMs. Yeah. It's just that they're, they're insane RPMs. No, even, even, even the Sanders had, like, a speed and tack, and I was yeah. like, why did they have a tack? Like, I, but I'm guessing that's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so then... Um, Right below the battery, uh, the the, uh, the uh, live wire name, or where you have all the electronics that control the system, you have this big black thing called the battery pack. That's your rest. That that's under that's yeah, behind the fins. The frame, yeah, the yeah, fins, yeah, the fins right there. Pack. Those fins are basically cooling systems. They're they're dissipators, heat dissipators, because the battery pack on the live wire is cooled by air. It's air nobody, cooled nobody, like their motorcycles. Yeah, nobody knows. Fins design better cooling better than Harley Davidson. They've been doing it for 117 plus years. So they decided on going air cooling. And based on experts that I know in the industry, EV, they've taken my bike and other bikes. And when they first came out and they compare them to other bikes, they say that the Harley Davidson's cooling system is phenomenal. Nothing compares to it, even though it's not water cooled. That's crazy. They go, dude, you can charge nonstop and your bike never overheats. That's we charge three, four times. Our bikes have to go into this dummy mode so we don't overheat the batteries yeah so your bike doesn't do that so so you have the rest it's called the um uh, it's called they call it the rest uh, storage system uh forget it i forget what the exact name is but it's the rest and then below that that bullet looking thing at the bottom that's your electric motor mm. that's what makes the world go round. That's the electric motor, and then it's connected to a belt drive or uh, it's, a it's a, So there's a gear in the back, single gear, which then goes to a belt drive, which is belt-driven. So that's why the bike is so quiet. You know, you don't have mm. a chain rattling. It's straight. As a matter of fact, the gear that they use on that, it's a beveled gear that has a certain degree of angle. Because, you know, Harley-Davidson is known for unique sound. Well, they couldn't stay behind on this one. So this bike, when I ride next to the other electric bikes, my bike sounds different. Yeah. So it's different humming sound than they do. It sounds, if you ever heard Tron, if you ever seen Tron, it's like a Tron bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it sounds, it's, it sounds, it sounds different. It has its own unique sounds, you know, and there's a bunch of other stuff behind it, you know. So uh, the, the stoplight is patented design. So you know when the live wire is running on the, you see a bunch of bikes and you can spot the live wire from far away. It's like, oh, that's a live wire. That's a live wire. That's a live wire. So, so the, 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 that, red right there is that reflector or is that so that's a reflector on side and then the back and one the back is the is, yeah it's kind of kind of curved it, and then it, the turn the signals are on the license you have, plate yeah you have the turn signals on the license plate you have turn signals up front you have this uh daymaker light I mean, it's really nice uh all the components are there's a top of line racing component so those the rakes as you can see they're brembos uh, the suspension is it's showa. brembo front and back right yeah brembo front showa, and back. showa showa suspension and it's adjustable Oh, very nice. Yeah, so it's adjustable suspension. Front um, and back, right? Yes, front and back adjustable. Now, how, how's the suspension in the back? It, oh, it's like a soft tail, right? It's a monoshock? Yeah, it's a monoshock. It's a monoshock, yeah. Okay. So you can adjust the, the, the recoil and also add the spring and all that stuff. So it's, 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 it's a really, really well put together bike. I mean, you can put it in race mode and then adjust the suspension. It'll ride like a freaking race bike. It's and, crazy. And, and what's the farthest you got on one charge? 
Depending on how you ride it. And hard as fuck. Running away from cops. Uh, <laughs> you probably get 80 miles out of it. 80 miles. 80 miles. You know, you're at 70. Well, if you're doing 100 miles per hour, you're probably going to get 40 or 50. So when you're doing one of these runs for like 500 miles. So you got to kind of, you, you got to. You got to balance it. Exactly. You got to learn how to, how to. I mean, your, 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 your long, your touring on an electric is dictated not by the speed that you want to go, is by the range that you want to get to where the next charging stop is or where the next charging stops are so I can try to make that range. So if you know that your bike gives you freeway speeds, 90 miles, you know, how and my next stop is, you know, more than 90 miles, what do I have to do to sacrifice to be able to make that range? Yeah. Make sense? So yeah, if you, I know might, the, you might have to stop exactly, at 50 miles. Exactly. And do a little top off and make it there or two, drop the speed down to 60, 65, you know, or three, draft some trucks, get in behind the truck, nice, you know, kiss their butt, and then just draft them. And then when you're drafting a truck, you can easily do 140, 150 miles, but the danger is drafting, you know. So there, there's a lot of tricks that you can do to be able to, or, you know, just go slower. You know, it's, it's, those are the things you can do. So there's there's a science behind, method behind the science, as they say. Um, so so you, can, you can easily, with a little planning and a lot of desire, you can technically go anywhere on a bike now. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to announce this on your show is I will be setting sail July 1st, God willing, from L.A. to New York this year's trip. So last year was 1,400 miles. This year I'm going to do a 3,000 mile ride. Holy shit. That's going to be an ass sore of a ride. But I am so happy to do it. I'm, I've been training at the gym every single day. I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning pumping iron, doing squats, doing everything to kind of fit. Uh, the bike is already, I mean, as a matter of fact, it's outside a trailer right now because it's going to the I shop. Saw getting, that you got yeah, they're getting they're getting new tires on it. I've totally modified it. So it's not stock. I modified it to make it an EV cruiser. So it's a cruiser now. Yeah. So I put the windshield in the front. I had the saddlebags and the well, seat. Who did bags. your windshield? Huh? Who did the windshield? I got a Jivy from Italy. I'm custom, I custom made it. Nice. So I got the Jivy, but I custom fit it onto my bike. Nice. And it has a airflow widget, which basically lets me lets me lift it up and down on height. So depending. you can tilt it and stuff I can tilt it. how fast you're going. I bought all my adventure riding gear. So I got the Pan America gear. I got the Pan America Revit suit. You got I the got, Harley. Da- oh, the Revit yeah, suit. Yeah, I got the Revit suit. I got the Pan America gear. I got. I saw the Harley uh, adventure gear. Mm-hmm. It's kind of heavy. It looks it good. Oh, dude, it looks it's, fucking nice. Dude, I took it for this. But it's so heavy. Well, I it's layered. It. But it's layered. So you can take but layers it, but on. But it's too much. But it's still too heavy. But it's. I mean. Last thing, I mean, I want something that's going to protect me. I yeah. mean, that's how I see it. Uh, I just took it for that. I took took it for the first time on. Uh, so I've cons- I, I've modified the bike to make it as cruisable as possible. Yeah, I've even designed and co-designed with some other guys in in Europe some front footrests. So now instead of riding like a sports bike, I can stretch out my legs in front of me, put the bike in cruise control. And just one handed and go down the road. Yeah, that helps. So, so does it have rear pegs? Yeah, it does. Have yeah, it has rear pegs. Peg. So, so I have now three three riding positions. Yeah, but believe it or not, after doing you know, I, I doing that cannonball run, literally towards my hand, there was no position that had me happy. I was like, oh my god! So one of the guys said, just pop an Advil. <laughs> like, okay, pop an Advil, and that got me across. Yeah, like literally, you it's it's it, until your until your muscles become accustomed to those positions, you're gonna be uncomfortable, and that's those are some of the challenges, physical challenges that you see when you're doing road tripping. You know, it's it's, it's not gonna be comfortable. The body's not used to being in that position for such a long period of time, and after three or four days doing you know, three hundred miles a day, it's the body's gonna say, "Dude, no, enough, dude, no." 
yeah. until eventually you're going to tough it out. That's where your mind kicks in and you start going, okay, should I stop this or should I continue? Is it worth it? Or, well, if you're really determined and wanting to do this, your mind's going to say, I'm going to tough through the pain. Fuck this shit. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a mental game. Yeah. So then once you get to that mental state and you've toughed through it, then the body adjusts to that new position. I remember when I did my Canada trip towards the end, I was in pain like at 80% of the ride and I toughed it out. I toughed it out. But towards the end, the pain was gone. Yeah. We're gone. We're done. We're, we're over. over. Yeah. yeah, the body's got used to this. It's going, it knows that every single day it's going to be doing this. So it just goes, or oh, whatever, you know, muscle memory just kicks in and, and did its thing. So, so yeah, I'm going to be doing that 3,000 mile run. I will be, if I complete it, God permitting, and God's always first, uh, I'll be the first person who does a south to north and west to east run on electric Harley Davidson Holy shit. in the history of the company. That's huge. That's, That's a big fucking so, announcement. So here's one of the questions that people ask me. So what do you want to gain out of this? Are you making money? Are you are you getting famous? I go, no, I may have some fame, but I'm not for, you know, I don't have the fortune. I go, I want my great grandkids and their kids and their kids' kids to go to the Harley Davidson Museum in 2099 and say, that was my great grandfather who did that. And everything that now that we're running around it is electric. And he was one of the pioneers. Just like we, you and I watched those old Harley Davidson vintage films from the early 1900s where you have all the explorers taking all these bikes. Yeah. I want to be one of those guys 100 years from now. Yeah, or like the names on on these posters right behind you. There you these go. These are the original patents of Harley Davidson. There you go. 1922, So I want to be one of those guys on the EV side. Yeah. I want to leave my mark in history, saying that this guy was crazy enough to grab this thing called the live wire, and he went across the country on it by Harley Davidson. Now, am I the first EV guy doing it? No, there's been other bikes. Uh, Zero. There's one guy who's one of my mentors. Whose name is Ben Rin. She's kind of mentored me and tell me what to do and what not to do for my first ride. So now I'm in that elite group of EV riders who can say we've done something out EV of EV consultants. Yeah. So we're like five of, there's probably five or six of us who have really pushed EV to the limit. And I'm the guy for the live wire and the other guys have done it on zeros and a couple other bikes. Yeah. Zero has been around for a long time. Yeah. They've been around for That's a actually the only EV bike I've ridden. Mm-hmm. And I rode that in 2010, right yeah. when they started. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're great bikes that just don't have the charging capabilities that the LiveWare has, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's it's nice to be in such an elite club. Uh, you know, people look at you, oh, Diego, yeah, we know Diego, you know. Or when I pull up to a LiveWare dealership, let's say in when I pulled into Reno, they go, dude, you're Diego. I go, yeah, I read your story on blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so you feel like a movie star and stuff, but I really, my goal is to show that it, it can be done. Yeah. You know, you, if you get an EV bike or you, if you get a gas bike, you can do it. It's not going to break if, down if, halfway your. If I was Harley Davidson, I, I would cut you a check for a hundred thousand dollars because <laughs> I mean, people do see that story. People do relate to that. And that does give people a lot of hope. I remember when the live wire did come out the first time people were scared and like what electric bike, 30 something thousand dollars, only a hundred thousand, only a hundred miles of range. That's stupid. I was one of those people, 100%. Like, you know, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But now, because of people like you um, and more people are doing it, it, it's it's changing how people see the market. I, I, I didn't tell you one of the stories. I mean, last year after my ride, I met this one young kid. His name is Jesse. And uh, he calls me up and he says, Diego, I want to do something extraordinary like you did. I'm 24. You're like Diego the Explorer. Yeah, I'm Diego. Yeah, <laughs> go, go, Diego. Go, uh, Diego. He calls me, what do you, I, I want to ride my live wire from florida to sturgis that's like 2500 miles i go dude but the part of sturgis that you're going to there's 
really no charging infrastructure. He goes, well, figure it out. So I became his like pseudo navigation guy. Every night he'd be on his helmet on my phone with me. I'm like, where do I stop next? I'm, I'm kind of navigating for him. Eventually he made it to Sturgis. He had to sleep in a couple of park benches while he plugged in the bike to the wall and a couple of dealership floors he slept in outside so at night. So you could park it on a wall plug? Yeah, you could plug it into a wall. That's a 110 level one plug and it'll take 10 hours to charge up. Oh, I didn't know So that. he was able to plug in and slept it out and then woke up the following day and continued his trip for mm. some of those trip, you know, segments that were way that's past insane. the limit. 36, 3,600 miles? 20, no, 20, 20, 20, 25, 2,600 miles. So you had to stop 25 times? Huh? You got to stop 25 More times? More than 25 times. Keep in mind, it's not linear miles. You got to keep, keep in mind. Right. A temperature, you got to keep in mind inclines. So you got to stop and mi- what's the fastest charge you can get? Depends on how depleted you are. I mean, it, it's because if it's so, 10 hours, so, so, it's charged. So, so, but that's for level one. That's the slowest charge. Right. If he does high speed charging, it's 45 minutes. Okay. Or less, depending if he gets there. It's not the same thing charging from a bike that comes in at 50% charge versus a bike that comes at 1% charge. See yeah. the difference? Yeah, and you yeah. only charge enough to get to your next station. You don't charge 100%. If I know that my next station is 70 miles away, why do I need to charge at 100%? I just go up to 80%. Save time. Because the name of the game is to save time. Right. Have enough to buffer just in case you get to the station, it's not working or something's broken. But at the same time, you want to be able to get there. So I I, I, uh, I, I motivate this person to, uh, to do this run. So I'm helping him out. He gets to Sturgis, right? Right. And <laughs> he decides on entering the drag races against all the modified Buells, the modified Harleys, all the drag bikes. I'm like, dude, you're stupid. You're crazy. I, know, I can do it. I can do it. So I call up one of our other Livewire riders. He's an ex racer and he has a Livewire. I go, dude, can you give this kid a call and give him pointers of what? He's never been, he's, he doesn't know what a tree was. That's how novice of a kid right. this was. He goes, give him some pointers on how to do it and how to get the bike ready. Okay. Kid gets up there and he starts drag racing all these bikes. Guess who won the freaking drag strip races last year at uh, Sturgis? He did. He took the Jesse. Jesse. He took it. That's fucking insane. Drove 2,500 miles on an electric bike, got on the races, and beat the shit out of everybody. They even told him at the end, we're going to disqualify you if we don't make it slower. <laughs> yeah. And you see on his last race, he kind of lets go of the throttle. You see the light go on so the guy, the guy can catch up and then he floated. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yeah. But that's amazing because of people like him, people like you, you know, in the next five years, nobody's going to have to deal with those inconveniences. Batteries are going to be better. They're obviously going to put more charges in more places. You guys are, are, are getting the worst of it now. Yeah. So the future riders don't have to. Yeah, you know, and, you know and we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to like what you were saying. You know, the gas. You know, back in the days, there wasn't gas you know, every every. You, you had to go to the local corner store at every single town and get a can, fill it up, fill up your car, and right. go to the next town. And if the next town was past your range, you're screwed. You had to get two cans in. Yeah, because that's I, how it worked. You watch Easy Riders, and you're like, man, they had a little peanut tank, and that peanut tank, you know, <sighs> was what get two mile, two gallons, or something <laughs> exactly. like that. And then they had this fucked up, well, I guess the CCs were a little bit lower, but you start looking about this trauma of how far and, you know, where, where, where's a gas station? First the, of all, the, where is a gas station if there is a gas station? So the key for this is for this mass adoption is, that, you know, it goes hand in hand, you know, getting the pricing of this stuff cheaper, getting more manufacturing on it, but also getting the infrastructure. Once you have all those points kind of pointing out the same place and going out the same direction, then the sky's the limit. Because How many did they sell last year? Um, those numbers are tight-lived. They're Harley-Davidson numbers, but the first thousand bikes were probably sold 
I remember that. I remember when I was because uh, the first five hundred. Remember the first five hundred. I'm sorry. The first five hundred bikes had that first strike emblem, and every single person who got a first strike bike, they would go to my Facebook page and sign up, saying, "Hey, I got first strike number four fifty five, four fifty six." So around, I would say, March, April, twenty nineteen is when they hit the five hundred bikes. Uh now, once again, it's not linear growth. I'm seeing more and more people join my Facebook group and my and my Instagram, following me, telling me that they have live wires. So, I, if you if I would take a wag, and you know what a wag is, wild ass guess, yeah. Um, I would say it's probably around twenty five hundred to two thousand bikes worldwide now. You know. Which is not a lot in the scheme of motorcycles. I mean, but remember, it's a niche market. It's yeah. very small. So um, they are claiming that they're the number one sold motorcycle in the world. You know, other companies heckle at that going, ah, whatever. But at the same time, you know, for Harley Davidson, for each one of Harley Davidson's dealership to sell one live wire every quarter, pretty much outsells everybody else. So those numbers can be debated. But the only real numbers are known by them. I mean, really, my guess is 20 to 20, 2,000 to 2,500 bikes worldwide. But that number is growing exponentially now. Every single day I get somebody, oh, I just got one. I just got one. I'm thinking about getting one. You know, so I'm seeing more and more adoption. Not as their primary bike, as the second bike. I'm seeing a lot more women riding them. And new novice people are now looking into them that can afford them. You know, so they're going, okay, I'm going to get a motorcycle. I like the live wire, you know, just because it's cool. It's different. So, so you're seeing a whole different demographics, not the, you know, the you know, baby boomer, the, the baby boomer, you know, blah, 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 blah. he's not buying that bike, not right. even as a second bike. I have a few older guys. I'm, I'm probably one of the older ones and I'm 50, I'll be 51 this year. So, um, I would say the median age is a lot younger than me. <laughs> so so yeah. it's, it's a whole new market that that's what Harley's trying to do is trying to get into this new segment of upcoming people who, you know, this it's, I can tell most guys, I go, you know, the ones that especially heckle your bike, I go, Hey, you know, you know we're ready see me riding this piece of shit but at the same time i go dude they don't care you're gonna die in a few years they want the new guy behind you they want your grandkids or they your kids to be riding this they don't care about you you can still right. buy the heritage half tails and you can buy the ultra glide and electric guy all day long but they're not banking on you if they bank on you they're going to be bankrupt in 20 years right <laughs> so, so you got to build the future and that's what they're doing right now so that's fucking crazy. Diego, we, we did an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> please let people know. I appreciate for all the information. And we're going to follow up again once you could. Maybe we'll follow up before you do your trip or when you get back from your Whatever trip. You so July 1st is when I plan on launching, doing the cross country. And, and where, where, where are you announcing this and where can people so, subscribe and follow so, you? And so uh, easiest way to follow who I am is if you type the word Diego on Google and type Livewire, you'll probably find hundreds of articles written about my cross country. And there you'll take you to the links. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, which is one of the methods you can get a hold of me, is if you go to at D, as in David, C A R 70, D car 70, just follow me. I'll be more than, I mean, you'll see, you'll see it's me because it's all live wire related stuff. I also have the community that I'm building and a Facebook page. The Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash HD Livewire. So that'll take you to my personal page for, for Livewire. And in there, you can link up to the group, which is, you know, the community that I'm building. Between all three properties, I have a few thousand EV fanatics, whether they own it, they're thinking about owning it, or they're just curious about EV and EV technology related to the Livewire. That's fucking awesome. Diego, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. And until then, we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll be here. I'll tell you how it goes on a 3,000-mile ride. Dale, chico. <laughs> and we'll do a Spanish one next. Yeah. 
Okay, brother. All right, man.